Making It Personal with Bishop William Johnson on Iowa Catholic Radio and iowacatholicradio.com. Welcome to Making It Personal with Bishop Johnson. I'm Liam Dale, seminarian with the Diocese of Des Moines, and on today's show, we're visiting with Father Tom Ashman, SVD, a Des Moines native and Dowling graduate who's serving as the president of Divine Word College in Epworth, Iowa. But before we get into today's interview, let's find out what's on the bishop's mind. What a glorious weekend last Friday night. Obviously, the ordination of the three now uh, fine young priests who mm-hmm. are joining our ranks among the presbyterate of the Des Moines Diocese. Uh, Father Nick Smith, Father Rodrigo Mayorga Landeros, and Father Alex Kramer. Uh, Father Rodrigo, as he clued us last week, will be at St. Anthony Parish in Des Moines, but assisting also with some of the Hispanic ministry at uh, Christ the King and possibly Our Lady of the Americas as well. Father Nick Smith will be at Our Lady's Immaculate Heart in Ankeny, and he too, with a little bit of Spanish, maybe be assisting on occasion and other places as well. And Father Alex, uh, well, he's still going to continue his studies, <laughs> not to be a petty bureaucrat, uh, but uh, to bring the pastoral uh, weight of the of canon law. So he's got two more years of study. So that's kind of a sacrifice for him. Yeah. He doesn't have the, the consolation of being in a parish and all the love that comes there. So kind of a not monastic existence, but uh, but uh, for the sake of the church. And so we're yeah. grateful to him two more years ago. But he's going to have a, a, a ball of a time, literally, <laughs> at uh, Catholic Youth Camp yeah. in the month of July. It's exciting. Uh, yeah, and I hear he's just a, like he's just the magnet there. That he, the kids love him, you know, and this former Eagle Scout and all that he's about. You know, we've got a number of Eagle Scouts among our ranks. I, I would I would get myself in trouble if I tried to tick off the list here as well. <laughs> but uh, you know, so uh, you know the qualities that people bring. I actually was not at their masses of Thanksgiving, suffering out on the bike because I have not put in the miles in the saddle outdoors, only indoors. Uh, the biking for babies fundraiser for pregnancy resource centers. We're conscious of their precarious situation yep. with those who want to kind of patch back. The Ape uh, Center was, uh, I think, defaced a, a few weeks ago. But uh, then with the good people at Sacred Heart and Sheraton and St. Clair and Clarinda for confirmations. And so what a great weekend it is. And I'm looking forward to this weekend, the big holiday weekend. Yeah. Uh, but I'll be with the good people at St. Boniface in Westphalia. Kind of postponed, but uh, celebrating their 150th anniversary of that parish and what a first parish in, in Shelby County and all that goes with that. It was so nice to hear from my good friends, uh, Alma and Myron Brewer um, in uh, Council of Bluffs. Uh, Alma kind of writes me these little notes occasionally just to boost my spirits and little things. It was kind of humorous, she said uh, in her little letter to me recently. When you have time, could you send me another one of your bishop cards? Our dog Snowy got a hold of my prayer book and ripped up the card. I think Snowy. Snowy is a Methodist, three exclamation points. There. Dogs have a way of doing yeah, that. Yeah, so, you know, but interesting, Snowy chewed up my prayer card, but did not chew up the prayer book. Hmm, I wonder <laughs> about this, you know. So she prays for me daily. She sent me a dollar to send her the prayer <laughs> card. So God bless you, Alma. I'll return your dollar, you know, and maybe throw in a few extra prayer cards so in case Snowy gets ravenous again as mm-hmm. well, you know. What was it I said that, I, you know, <laughs> now, if it was a cat, I could understand, yeah. but a dog, you know, that's another story. I thought dogs love me, but anyway. Not this know, one. Not this one, not Snowy. So I, I wonder what kind of dog Snowy is. I don't know. But uh, we think about, uh, you know, the Juneteenth celebration of uh, uh, the the liberation of people, Emancipation Proclamation finally uh, being uh, communicated to uh, Africans uh, in in, uh, Texas and other places. And, you know, the kind of the slowness with which that was received or the the kind of people who were still wanting to encroach on that. But within the Catholic Church, the liberation that comes from Jesus. And there are those who the church continues to hold up to us, Liam. 
Yeah, so I'm going to touch on this briefly, but uh, Julia Greeley was a native to Denver, Colorado, and she's on track to being the first African-American saint. Uh, and that's pretty exciting. Uh, she dedicated her life to um, helping the poor and serving her community. Uh, she did a bunch of little things with uh, involved with clothing, um, poor families, uh, raising money for the community. Uh, and I thought the most interesting thing was that she gave away her grave to an old man who would otherwise have been buried in a potter's field. Um, but and now, as God would have it, she herself is buried not too shabby real estate right yeah. in the Denver Cathedral. Right? Yes, and the only two. As a poor person herself. Mm-hmm. We're going to take a quick break, and when we return, we'll welcome Father Tom Ashman, SVD, a Des Moines native and Dowling graduate who serves as the president of Divine Word College in Epworth, Iowa. You're listening to Making It Personal with Bishop Johnson on Iowa Catholic Radio and the Spirit Catholic Radio Network. Support for Iowa Catholic Radio provided by Knights of Columbus, Borman and Pfeiffer Agencies, serving the Catholic families in Iowa. The Knights of Columbus is a fraternal benefit society providing financial security to members and their families, specializing in life insurance, long-term care insurance, disability income insurance, and retirement annuities. And you can reach Knights of Columbus field agent Rob Ryan at 563-689-6801. That's 563-689-6801. Thank you, and God bless. Iowa Catholic Radio welcomes Scotty McCreary with special guest Ali Colleen. Sunday, July 24th at the Iowa Event Center Ballroom. Tickets and information available at celebratecountry.org. Sponsored by Ball Team. Welcome back to Making It Personal with Bishop Johnson. On today's show, we're visiting with Father Tom Ashman, SVD, a Des Moines native and Dowling graduate who serves as the president of Divine Word College in Epworth, Iowa. So so good to have you, Father Ashman, Father Tom, uh, with you. Uh, we first made our acquaintance, I think, you know, among the sea of Dubuque priests that would come out to Divine Word for convocation. And uh, you've survived another round of that this year, I understand, although they reduced some of their time with you. So, uh, you know, the, the relationship kind of spans the province of Iowa. But your your vocation and, and mission really has the whole world, the universal church, in, in play. And we want to talk about that moment. But let's uh, all things are local here. And so on this Making It Personal show, just talk about your Des Moines connections and how you know the roots of your life and your vocation kind of sprouted here in Des Moines. Well, uh, actually, even earlier than that, probably. But uh, in Des Moines, um, we moved to Des Moines when I was about in sixth grade, and so I was at uh, St. Pius Tenth School in Urbandale. And uh, people ask, how did I get to know the society? I belong to the Society of Divine Word. It's because I pulled a card off of a bulletin board at. Uh, Divine uh, at St. Pius Tenth, oh, years and years ago. My goodness, those those promotional materials actually have, <laughs> have an impact sometimes. Yeah, indeed. So, so you allude that prior to that, the seeds of your vocation. Could you unfold that for us a little bit? Right. My dad was um, finishing up his doctorate in, at Ohio State University, and uh, we were living there uh, at Ohio State and married students' dorm. So very intercultural, mm-hmm. international kind of environment. So my friends were 
best friend was from Romania, uh, Doro Marcuzio, <laughs> and another one, Ray Seward, from the Virgin Islands. So we were quite a quite a mix of people. So it already gave some flavor to my. A uh, large interest in living in intercultural community, but I remember very specifically a time when I was about six or seven years old. It was before First Communion, and uh, I was uh, standing between, out on the playground, standing between the church and the school. Uh, this would have been uh, St. Agatha Parish in, in Columbus. And just for a oh, moment, yeah. you know, just had an opening in me, and... Uh, out of that moment, I just made this resolution, not resolution, but response, I want to be a priest. Uh, of course, when you're six, you don't always have to be rational, because I also wanted to be a fireman at a time, and a policeman for a while, and a teacher, of course. I wanted to be an American indigenous person, you know, a Native American. <laughs> All of those things, but the one that always stayed solid there was to follow out that guide of uh, that sense of call, which came very, very early and very completely to me. I've never lost that sense of call. That, that's so beautiful and compelling, and it really resonates with what our, our three uh, men uh, newly ordained were sharing with us last week. And, you know, mm-hmm. that God sows these little sparks, you know, and that the, the not to be ignored early on. And these aren't just kind of fanciful things, you know. Yeah, other, other things are in the mix, but... Uh, but that uh, how God would uh, kindle that with the Spirit and and the other life experiences of gained forward. So the Ohio State University, and then to well, Des Moines, uh, Iowa. Well, let's you know. be clear. Let's be clear on this. Um, my dad is a very faithful lover of Ohio State University up until his death a couple of years ago, and I still have his Ohio State sweatshirt. But I. Never wear it. When they play <laughs> okay? That would be dangerous. It certainly wouldn't assist you in development with divine word, right? It, it would also uh, confuse my heart. Yeah, yeah. So, well, as one who uh, went to seminary in Worthington at the Josephinum, and uh, St. Agatha was uh, the parish where the uh, ordained Bishop Earl Fernandez had his Vespers oh, prior to his ordination. So, yeah, it's a small church, a small church. It is, it is. But, uh, all right, so St. Pius and then your father, and uh, you came from a family of numerous siblings, or was it? Uh, We're six, and several are still in Des Moines. Uh, my sister Elaine is down in uh, Kansas City, but my Sister Kay is a physician in uh, Ankeny and attends, I don't remember which parish. I've still not clarified. Okay, <laughs> St. Louis, or Ladies Immaculate Heart. Okay, yeah. yeah. And then um, uh, my sister Mary Beth is in uh, Urbandale still, attends uh, St. Pius. And then uh, my two brothers, uh, Jim and Phil, uh, kind of float around the city a little bit. Okay. <laughs> Not an unusual phenomenon, right? They have options. They have options. But to, as long as they're choosing to, to go to a church, you know, that's uh, that uh, warms our heart and, uh, yeah. you know, the different places, too. So it probably their perspective on homilies and different things has a kind of an edge to it. If I, you know, my own siblings, you know, that uh, it's not always easy to, to preach to your own family or to have them present, but uh, you were with your uh, Dowling Catholic high school family this past weekend, uh, celebrating the uh, 50th anniversary of your, your class, alumni class. Can you share what uh, you're, you're expecting as you're entering into that uh, festivity? Well, you know, it's hard to say a little bit. I've been trying to figure out, I'm going to have them. I had the Mass and was trying to figure out on Sunday what exactly to say, you know. And we have the reading of uh, uh, Elisha uh, mm-hmm. called and uh, says, don't 
don't turn back, you know, don't, don't, don't keep looking back. And Jesus kind of in the same way. And I think that's my, that was the primary message I was trying to put forward. Even, you know, my class is all 68 years old right now. And the other two classes that didn't get uh, a, uh, a 50 year reunion, many of them were also present. So those were graduated, not in 72, but in uh, 71 or 70, many of them were there. And, uh, no, keep saying, listen, you may have retired, but don't spend your time looking back. We need to look forward to the kingdom still. Amen. Amen. Yeah. And, and uh, I think many of my many of my friends are doing that. I mean, I, I belong to a gang of six. There are six of us who are in the debate squads of uh, Father Acri years and years ago, and we've kept close contact with one another, and it's been a delightful set of relationships. And of course, and of course, Father Acri, always looking forward. I think in a heart, a young heart, celebrating his 60th anniversary of ordination a couple of weeks ago, and right. with us on the show as well. So, and, so you're uh, one of our, his our, our debate proteges. Went to visit him uh, huh. on the uh, during the reunion, so it was fun. Tremendous. So you're one of his debate proteges. So, but uh, <laughs> very good. Um, now, at the last class, I understand that, uh, you know, that's separate from St. Joseph's Academy. So right. as an all-boys school, uh, you know, how, how did that work? I mean, was that uh, a lot of testosterone there bouncing around? <laughs> that's on those true. You know, somehow in those days it seemed to work. Um, I didn't, I enjoyed it, to tell you the truth. Uh, of course, my girlfriend at the time was a St. Joe's uh candidate so she was going to she was going to school at St. Joe's uh but you know I'm very happy that they decided to go co-ed in 73 I just think it's a lot healthier environment long term I don't mean to say that it was unhealthy before but it's just a fuller environment I would say even this here at Divine Word College where I'm at now uh, college seminary for mission people studying from there are a lot of women on campus as well because there are a lot of women religious here and we find it's a lot better to train young men who are considering a celibate vocation to be living together with women on an ongoing basis it's just a whole experience amen i mean that kind of holistic integration and you know the dynamic of you know the male and female and uh, kind of discovering oneself and that relations i think it aids discernment and uh, maybe civilizes the, the guys a little bit but it uh, does. you know i mean the church <laughs> is, is so, one of the advantages the church <laughs> is so feminine in so many ways and i it think is. you know if you're not able to relate you you know that doesn't bode well for uh, a vocational calling uh, just curiosity here your 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 girlfriend you were dating from st joe's did she go on to the BBMs, or did she end up uh, getting married? <laughs> she got married in California some years later. Okay, all right. So, well, uh, the the mystery of how that goes. Uh, so, yeah. So, Divine Word, and you know, you pulled the the card off the wall at St. Pius, but there was something just really continuing to draw you. Not only the Ohio State experience, but uh, how did that unfold then when you were drawn to the order? You know, I knew already, and already in sixth grade, I was kind of considering a minor seminary to go to a high school seminary and was looking at some, but my parents very wisely chose Dowling for me, so that I'm very, very grateful for their decision. But um, when I visited uh, Divine Word up here in Epworth for the first time, there's something that just rang in me, and that is the intercultural, international environment here. Because, you know, I'm a child also of the civil rights movement. And I remember, you know, another moment of feeling really 
touched by God in a special way when I was listening to Dr. Martin Luther King give his I Have a Dream speech. You know, I was probably, oh, at that time, about 10, 11, something like that, and watching it on TV, and it was just, boom, you know. It was like listening to the voice of a prophet, you know, in the contemporary time. I don't want to deify Dr. Martin Luther King or anything like that, but I'm convinced the Spirit had him in those moments and, you know, spoke to me and many others. So I visited a number of seminaries, and this is the first one that uh, when I discovered its strong international, world-embracing kind of outlook, it was clear to me this was the place. You know, you've driven by certainly many times here, and you see the flags out in front of our college on Highway 20. It looks like the United Nations practically it out there. It does, and I'm looking out my window at them right now as I speak to you. And, you know, it still stirs a lot in my heart. Um, for me, uh, to be a priest was one thing, but then I discovered I really needed to be a member of a religious community to feel whole. Uh, I needed brothers. And the other part is, I needed brothers that were from all over the world. Um, those were the elements, you know, that really came strongly forward for me. And so it was a outstanding uh, experience. When I came, you know, I looked at other places, but, you know, I, there was, again, there's no second thoughts or anything like that. This was the place. I entered here for four years. Uh, with an interruption for a year abroad in Japan at one of the SBD universities there. Mm-hmm. And then from here from here, on to Bay St. Louis, Mississippi, where our novitiate was at, and then on to Theologate in uh, Chicago with an interruption to go to Mexico for the first time, where I learned Spanish and fell in love more completely with Our Lady of Guadalupe. So those are kind of the steps along the way up till uh, final vows and ordination. And the, the Society of the Divine Word, I mean, there there are scholars, there are teachers, there's this formation missionary uh, working with the poor. I mean, that opens one up to a diversity of vocations, does it not? That, uh, oh, you know, absolutely, that, yeah. And at that time, was it uh, prescribed to you pretty much, this is where we need you to go, or was there some mutual discernment that was going on? There's always mutual discernment, but our Constitution says an essential characteristic of Divine Word missionaries is a willingness to go where the superior sends them. I mean, that's kind of clear, isn't it? Yeah, that screams obedience, doesn't it? Yeah, so. You know what? I'd have to say something. Of all the vows that I've been most delighted with, you know, poverty, celibacy, and obedience, the one that has given me most joy so far in my life has been obedience. Because whenever I wanted to push hard for something I wanted, uh, it maybe was okay, da, 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 you know, it's all right. But when I said, okay, let's try that, you know, if the, if the superior asked me to do it, I found tremendous joy. Mm-hmm. That uh, God, God proposes better offers than we can come up with on our own <laughs> it really and through, is. The, through the mediation of the church. And, uh, yeah. He, I, I, here's, here's a little anecdote. You know, I didn't know it at the time when I came here, but my mom was born in this town in Epworth. And uh-huh. Her childhood was here because um, her father died young of cancer, and so they moved away. There's a long story to it and all that, but here's the fancy thing. I've been all over the world, right? Mm -hmm. But right now I'm sitting on my great-grandfather's farm. (laughs) 
the society bought it from him in 1930. Truly <laughs> remarkable. Wow. Isn't yeah. that amazing? So Going back I to the womb. Looking right? across the highway to where my mom was born, and uh, here I am. I just think God has a funny sense of humor. Why does he send me all over the world to come back here and sit on my great-grandfather's farm? <laughs> I've claimed with my provincial I'm going to reclaim the land for my family. And he says, he's not worried because our Constitution always says, whatever you gain, you gain for the society. So, <laughs> <laughs> Tremendous. Uh, you know, the, uh, the uh, pandemic, obviously you had a student body of about 125, including uh, men uh, who are studying for the Archdiocese of Dubuque and some right. couple sisters from Vietnam. Now, who are right. serving and connect with St. Peter's Parish here on the east side of Des Moines, also. Right, but yeah. uh, are the women mainly religious, or are there some lay women who are there? There are some few lay women uh, from time to time, but yes, it's almost all women religious. They're about our, our normal population of students here is about 125, from uh, and they come from about 20 nations. You know, uh, whether uh, citizens of the United States or immigrants here, and then also uh, international students. But of those 125, about 50 are women religious, including some of the sisters from our uh, from our uh, parish in St. Peter's over in Des Moines. You know, the same community has some of their members here, mm-hmm. um, and so they come mostly from Vietnam and Southeast Asia and also from Africa very heavily. Um, a few from elsewhere as well. Yeah. Our men candidates are, you know, about 35 or 40 right now are our own SPD candidates. And others are candidates for other congregations and missionary orders who need to learn some English or do some further studies. What a beautiful resource, and I know they can do various subjects. We're going to ask to take a little pause here, Father Tom. Sure. So we're going to take a quick break. You're listening to Making It Personal with Bishop Johnson on Iowa Catholic Radio and the Spirit Catholic Radio Network. Support for Iowa Catholic Radio is provided by the Sarah Vocations Ministry, including the St. Sarah Club of Des Moines and the Sarah Club of Council Bluffs. Sarah is an apostolate of the Worldwide Catholic Church dedicated to fostering and supporting priesthood and religious vocations. Sarans strive to accomplish their mission through prayer, fellowship, and service to the bishop, priests, sisters, and all in religious formation, and in doing so to increase their own holiness. Learn more at joinsarah.org, join S-E-R-R-A.org. Thank you, Sarans, for your support of Iowa Catholic Radio. Iowa Catholic Radio welcomes Scotty McCreary with special guest Allie Colleen. Give myself five Sunday, July 24th at the Iowa Event Center Ballroom. I'm in between. Tickets and information available at celebratecountry.org. Sponsored by Ball Team. Welcome back to Making It Personal with Bishop Johnson. We're back with Father Tom Ashman, uh, who's the president at Divine Word College. Liam, you sound surprised. I was reading the wrong thing. <laughs> okay. Well, that's why this is a formative experience for us all. So, but, uh, so yeah, so the diversity of religious orders, uh, people from different continents and, and things, and they're, they're, they're being well served in their undergraduate studies. They can get philosophy and theology, liberal arts and all that. But the, the, the scope and the aim has kind of been unfolding even for the, uh, the order itself as you think about what is the missionary calling in this contemporary culture, in this world, and the, the sense of a church everywhere 
anywhere in the world. And so the, the accents and priorities are evolving for you all. Could you talk about that, Father Tom? Surely. It's one of the great adventures right now in church history, I think, and that is, you know, that the era of exploration and colonization that accompanied the establishment of the church in many parts of the world is really ended. I mean, there's hardly any place on earth where there isn't already a local church. But does that mean, then, that there is no missionary activity? And we would say quite the contrary. Now the focus would be not on geography, where you're working, but who you're reaching out to. You know, there's just as much missionary activity here in Dubuque County and down in Des Moines as there would be in, say, for instance, Manila or Beijing. You know, we've kind of, the we speak about our mission as prophetic dialogue. That is, we try and reach out to establish friendships with people that are um, not fully incorporated into our faith and want to share with them the joy that we have in our faith and hear also from their life. So we focused on four groups, faith seekers, the poor and marginalized, people of many cultures, and people of other religious traditions. So we continually look to reach beyond those that have already gathered in the Church to be involved in dialogue with them. And we speak about it as prophetic for two reasons. One is that concretely, when we reach out in friendship like that, we hear the Spirit speaking to us, you know, probably to them as well. We expect that. But then also, we think the fact that, say, for instance, you reach out with people of another culture challenges racism. Uh, reaching out, having friendship with somebody from another religious tradition, you know, keeps us away from religious intolerance. And to faith seekers or to nuns, as they say, at the N-O-N-E-S, you know, no particular activity, still that friendship, you know, speaks to our culture today about continuing to reach out in uh, a culture that's so fragmented in many ways that we try and rebuild bridges of friendship. It sounds so, like you say, prophetic in the spirit that our Holy Father Pope Francis is encouraging us, you know, this mm-hmm. sense of encounter and accompaniment, you know, and the recognizing exactly. you know, kind of fratelli tutti that, uh, yes, we want to share Christ and, and that encounter, but we also are listening and looking for where Jesus has already uh, revealed himself to others, maybe uh, even unacknowledged in that way, and that uh, that uh, people gain a new sense of their own life story already kind of embedded in this uh, great adventure of God's self-disclosure and revelation, ultimately, is salvation, too. So uh, I, I think this would be something very attractive. You know, uh, we see yourselves, yes, uh, hopefully forming uh, religious uh, brothers, uh, priests, but uh, lay people that can affiliate with you in any particular way? We do have many, uh, we have a, you know, an alumni association. I would say we probably produce more missionary grandfathers than we do missionary priests. <laughs> because folks, you know, remain profoundly affected, and they they write to it. I mean, we're in constant contact with our alumni, you know, constantly indicating how their lives turned out, still formed so much by these principles that we teach in terms of being a missionary college. We're very serious about that. And everyone is here, you know, it's pretty obvious to them, you know, they got to be interested in missionary outreach, or they're just not with the you know, they're not with the team, you know? Yeah. Well, you're embracing the spirit that we hope, you know, as we're doing strategic visioning in the Diocese of Des Moines, that, that we embrace, that everyone uh, sees the, themselves as missionaries right here, you know, whether it's right. uh, Cass County or anywhere they're at. So thank you so much, Father Tom Ashman, for making time for us and amidst My your pleasure. duties as president. This has been another edition of Making It Personal with Bishop Johnson. Thank you to all of our guests and to our listeners in Iowa, Nebraska, and Wisconsin, wherever you may be listening. 
to Iowa Catholic Radio and the Spirit Catholic Radio Network. You can hear Making It Personal with Bishop William Johnson every week on Iowa Catholic Radio and iowacatholicradio.com. Support for Iowa Catholic Radio and Making It Personal is provided by Sarah Vocations Ministry. Learn more at joinserra.org.